This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I am Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. It almost happened today, Sam. What's that? I, throughout the entire Trump administration, heck, throughout my entire existence on Twitter, I have not once, not one time, replied to a Donald Trump tweet. Not once, but I almost did this morning. Uh, The president tweeting out that the 75-year-old man who was shoved down by Buffalo police and almost died, he started bleeding out of his ear, was actually an Antifa super soldier who is trying to use his phone to scan police radios to disable them and that this was all a setup. Trump citing a, a report from OANN, the the news network, the far right-wing news network that just doesn't give a fuck anymore, apparently. And uh, yeah, Trump running with it. And I almost I almost had to respond, but I, I honestly couldn't even think of anything to respond with. So I didn't. The streak continues, but uh, certainly disturbed by the latest tweet from the president. And maybe this is really nothing to be disturbed about, and it's more the same, but I don't know. No, I think I think you're right. I think you're right to be, uh, well, maybe you should have replied to him. Yeah, you're someone who replies. Yeah, I, I, I do reply. Um, I, I usually like to keep it short and either just mean or making fun of the reply guys, but sometimes you just want to say, uh, mean things to shitty people on twitter.com. And so sometimes you have to go off. I saw more than one quote tweet of it where, uh, the poster was noting, if I said what I wanted, I would get a visit from law enforcement. And I largely agree with those sentiments. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember maybe it was like a year or two ago, we were in the Sentinel newsroom and we were always trying to figure out what to put on in the background. And it was one of those weeks when we were pretty fed up with MSNBC I think we had tried watching some financial press and had like Bloomberg on for a bit. And then that channel got taken away with a dispute with the cable provider. Um, And I flipped on OANN and they were covering some international news, which you never see from cable news networks. They never really like do a rundown of international events. And it was fairly straight reporting, kind of standard news from around the world. And I was like, oh, this is good. Maybe we should just have OANN on because they actually like cover some international news. And then as soon as they got done with their international news segment, they ran a segment about George Soros funding Antifa. (laughs) It didn't last long. No, no. Well, despite the uh, president's tweets, the uh, uprising is gaining steam here in the U.S., Um, We have now seen things popping up in Seattle called autonomous zones, 
the free Capitol Hill zone over in Seattle. Capitol Hill free zone. Capitol Hill free zone. Uh, I saw someone reference it as like they've freed Capitol Hill. Cool as shit. I mean, it reminds me a lot of stuff you saw in Occupy where you're seeing these sort of autonomous communities rise up that are providing everybody's essential needs and doing it without the need for police or the state anywhere around. Um, We'll see how long they can do this. The police appear to have just abandoned their police station in a couple city blocks in Seattle and allowed the protesters to move in and set all this stuff up. I don't know if this was a trap trying to get the protesters to burn down another police station. I don't know why they would be a trap allowing people to burn down their police station. I I think there's some 12 dimensional chess going on or something there, but uh, you love to see it right now. You love to see what's going on there and you see similar things popping up in Minneapolis. Um, We talked about it on yesterday's show, the vibe in DC and the, uh, the just people giving away stuff, the sense of community uh, living uh, the sort of anti-capital principles that a lot of people who are in the streets fighting for racial justice also believe in. So good stuff. We've seen one story from Minneapolis about um, people reclaiming a uh, or well, I don't want to say expropriating because I, I think they actually got permission from the property's owners. But there the there was an abandoned hotel chain hotel. I think it was a Sheraton that had been abandoned before the uprising and uh, local organizers in Minneapolis just sort of took it over and ran it um, to help homeless people in the area. And uh, we're also getting reports of people in Minneapolis sort of taking space from abandoned targets and redistributing uh, goods and, and things up there. And, you know, it's it's a truly revolutionary vibe. And uh, in Seattle, they have evidently barricaded some streets and uh, cars weren't getting in. Uh, and again, like in Minneapolis, there's just um, a spirit of decommodification. And it has uh, at least one really shitty person angry. Andy No uh, was melting down on Twitter course andy is the um the guy who sort of acts as a media arm for patriot prayer the far right group in portland oregon or not in portland but in oregon and he was melting down and um calling the situation dangerous like that uh new york times nerd it's dangerous and unacceptable obviously pining for a crackdown probably hoping to Uh, walk in and get in some situation where he can again pretend to have a brain injury and fraudulently raise money off of it on crowdfunding and uh, never get in trouble for that. But I don't want to focus too much on Andy. The Seattle Capitol Hill free zone and the Minneapolis autonomous zones. um, I don't know. I never thought I would see this shit uh, this soon in 2020 definitely has a uh, Paris commune vibe 
which obviously uh, didn't end that well. But maybe this one, uh, maybe it won't end so poorly in, in, in these instances. Yes, maybe not. Maybe we will actually birth a new world from the ashes of the old here. It's Tuesday, June 9th, 2020. Here's the news. Ben Carson appeared today before the Senate Banking Committee. The Secretary of Housing and Urban Development was asked about the spike in unemployment leading to an eviction crisis, leading to a homelessness crisis amid a pandemic. Here was Carson responding to a question from Ohio Democrat Sherrod Brown. Last week, the city of Columbus opened up its convention center to begin processing evictions. Courts are doing that all over the country. One advocate told me about a client who was trying to avoid eviction because her son is who's deployed in the Navy is returning home and she doesn't want him to find her, want, doesn't want him to find her in a shelter. We're in a national crisis. Reflect for that in a moment. 20 million people have lost their jobs. We're using arenas as eviction courts in cities around the country. Dr. Carson, you're the top housing authority in this country. So tell us, you are the person. Tell us, how many people does HUD expect will lose their homes? How many does HUD expect will become homeless in the, in the weeks and months ahead? How many? We will be working very hard to make sure that no one who will... No, no, Mr. Mr. Secretary. How many do you expect already some have become homeless? These eviction courts, many of them continue to operate. Carson didn't answer the question, but several states are allowing evictions, including Ohio, as Brown noted, where you can evidently get evicted at a, at a fucking arena, sports arena. Though the senator was talking about Columbus, the main arena in Cleveland where the Cavaliers play is called the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. So try to imagine getting evicted there, then strapping a parody to your chest and walking over to the redacted. Other states allowing pandemic evictions include Wisconsin, Texas, and South Carolina. On the federal level, Congress enacted an eviction moratorium on properties with federally backed mortgages. That's set to expire at the end of next month, the same time that the extra $600 per week in pandemic unemployment assistance also expires, assuming Senate Republicans have zero intention of extending the relief. HUD has also allocated $4 billion in grants for local government homelessness relief, which is not much considering 40 million people are unemployed. As far as the eviction moratorium goes, regulators will decide whether or not this week to seek an extension. Federal Housing Finance Association Director Mark Calabria, also testifying today, said the extension should be between one and two months, with the possibility of another extension down the line. The coronavirus bailout bill, known as the CARES Act, didn't just funnel trillions of dollars to corporations in a bid to make the line go up while the rest of us got sick and lost our jobs. It also created a scammer's paradise. The Senate Judiciary Committee convened a hearing to look into all the crimes being committed within programs created by the CARES Act. Here was testimony from the Associate Deputy Attorney General, William Hughes. If, if you're talking just about CARES Act fraud, there is targeting of the payroll protection program uh, by fraudsters um, misrepresenting their small business or, or uh, the, the characteristics of their small business or misrepresenting that there's a small business at all. There are fraudsters who are using PII that they've accumulated or bought uh, on the internet to apply for unemployment 
benefit programs that are state-sponsored, and there are a number of schemes relating to um, uh, economic impact payments, again, relying on PII to apply for these payments or to defraud recipients of those payments uh, to hand those over to the fraudsters. So a lot to take in there. We'll get to the PPP fraud in a second, PPP being the Payroll Protection Program, that so-called Small Business Loan Program. But important to note that when it comes to unemployment insurance, although the right likes to claim that the problem is lazy people applying for it who don't need it or don't want to work, which doesn't really happen, the vast, vast majority of unemployment insurance fraud is actually conducted by criminal rings working with stolen personal identities. On top of all that, according to the FTC, individuals have lost $48 million due to coronavirus-related schemes, scammers promising cures, and stuff like that. Uncovering the scope of all this fraud around the program and the CARES Act had Senator Dianne Feinstein questioning if they should have created it in the first place. Here she was lamenting with Senator Lindsey Graham. The information I have before me, I've never had before me in any program in 26 years. And I wonder if it's worth continuing. Um, how do you stop this fraud? You know, I've been here for a while, and Mr. Chairman, I've never seen anything like it. It's a program riddled with fraud. Well, here's what I believe. If you put $3 trillion out there, people would take advantage of it, and we had to do it. <laughs> Lindsey Graham with the, hey, it's just, it's just going to happen. What can you do about it line? Not quite uh, as forgiving when it comes to programs like Medicare and unemployment insurance. Anyway, you know what's really hard to exploit? Just giving everyone a check once a month. Sure, maybe a few dead people get a couple grand, but that's nothing compared to the scope of scamming and waste we're seeing right now under the CARES Act as it was designed. When it comes to the payroll protection program, in which we've seen several documented cases of businesses receiving funds that shouldn't have received funds, and that's that we know of, there have only been six prosecutions so far. That's out of the f more than four million loans under the program. Just six so far uncovered in which a crime was committed. Here was Senator Dick Durbin. You talked about putting $3 trillion on the table and watching the cockroaches uh, come in. Uh, in your testimony, you have identified six, six prosecutions uh, under the PPP Act so far. Four and a half million loans have been issued so far. So let me ask you, are you just getting started? Or is that it for cockroaches? It strikes me that unless you have a pretty powerful statement pretty early on, some of the adolescent efforts being made to qualify for PPP loans are just going to continue apace. Or maybe they just don't give a shit, Dick. And clearly, neither did anyone else in Congress who thought a program like this was a good idea. One last thing unrelated to the CARES Act here from the hearing. Apparently, the Department of Justice is no longer responding to letters from the Judiciary Committee. Here was Senator Sheldon Whitehouse mad as hell about it. I don't know what is going on over at the department, but I detect a policy of not answering questions for the record from this committee 
and not answering letters from this committee. When we had Mr. Rosenstein uh, down in uh, the hot seat there a few days ago, I pointed out that in 17, I think it was, hearings with Department of Justice witnesses, not one question for the record from a senator was answered afterwards. Not one. That's not a coincidence. That's a policy. Maybe they're just not into you, the guy in charge of oversight. And that music means the newscast has ended and it's time to move on to the poetry portion of the show where all new subscribers on Patreon, patreon.com slash district sentinel, get their own haiku written for them and read on the air. And this first one goes out to Brian. Joe Biden, right now, the most irrelevant man in America. Thank you, Brian. This is for Zach. Rebranding breakfast. Defund lunch. Replace it with morning hamburger. Thank you, Zach. Did you do that this morning? No. You wanted to. Maybe. This one's for Eclectic Beast. Downloaded an app. Phone is now police ray gun. Thank you, Antifa. Thank you, Eclectic Beast. Finally, this is for Rick. Hey, what's going on with those new killer hornets? Oh, well, whatever. Thank you, Rick. And thanks to all the new subscribers. That's patreon.com slash district sentinel. We've got a brand new chip chat coming out tomorrow. We discuss the demands to defund the police. Then there is a new Means Morning News on Thursday that you can catch Sam and I hosting. And then back with the Patreon subscriber show, the Garbage Can Show, on Friday right here. Tune in to all of them if you can. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be.